This is African News Tonight on The Voice of America. Hello and welcome. Welcome to African News Tonight from the English to Africa service of The Voice of America, your source for Pan-African news and world developments. I'm Yehiyas Wuhib in Washington. Coming up on African News Tonight... As you can see, as the drought is getting severe, more perpetrators are going to the campus. That's Amran Sheri, the humanitarian program manager for CARE Somalia in Somaliland on the rise of gender-based violence in the region. Details coming up. Also, Russia's Wagner Group has established footholds in at least half a dozen African countries. Ethiopian Airlines says it will resume daily flights to Tigray's regional capital. And at least 16 people were killed and 19 wounded in a bus crash in Sudan. We'll have these stories and more on African News tonight. We start with our top story. Fighters from Russia's Wagner Group have established footholds in at least half a dozen African countries. The Central African Republic, Sudan, Mali, Burkina Faso, Libya and Mozambique. Alex Vines, chief of the Africa program, as, as well as regional studies and international security director at Chatham House, has done extensive research on Wagner and tells me that the group has infiltrated Africa, but, in his opinion, it does not have the skills nor the ability to really provide the sort of security that African countries need. It cut its teeth originally in Syria, but also uh, in the Ukraine. And then in the very last years of the last decade, it was involved in a number of African countries, particularly Central African Republic uh, in Sudan. And I've done research on it in, in, in Mozambique. It was there in 2019, very unsuccessfully. It's very visible in Libya and in Mali. Is it an appendage? of the Russian government, or is it an independent entity on itself? No, it is linked to the, the Russian state. So Mr. Prishogin, who uh, it, it has been nicknamed Putin's cook, uh, is intimately involved in this, very visible now in, in terms of the, 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 the Russian invasion war in Ukraine. And Wagner is an important auxiliary force for Russian military activities in, in Ukraine currently. So what we have been also seeing is a decline of Wagner activity in the African continent because of the need to use Wagner in the Ukraine war. So, so that's also happening. So, Alex, can we call them mercenaries? Well, they're private military company. If they are linked directly, they are and Russian nationals to states, then maybe you can't define them as, as mercenaries. They tend to have Russians, yeah? So if they're operating in Ukraine as a kind of war effort, as an auxiliary, then you might see them as a paramilitary militia group of some sort. In Africa, you, you know, there, there is a grey area of whether they're mercenaries or whether they're security consultants. So, you know, there's a debate about that. But they do clearly conduct mercenary-like activity. Are they there to contain Islamist militants who operate in many parts of these countries? As the, the, the case that I'm most familiar with and done my own research uh, uh, through Chatham House here it is the Mozambique case where Wagner failed. It was a failure. They withdrew. So they were deployed uh, in 2019 
Uh, and the business case that was pitched to the Mozambique government authorities was that Wagner, with its experience in, in Syria in particular, could contain and uh, neutralize uh, an Islamic threat. The reality was that they were completely out of their debt, uh, and a number of uh, Wagner uh, operatives were killed, uh, some by friendly fire. Um, in a kind of controversial situation, uh, and so they withdrew, and they're not in Mozambique at all since the earlier 2020. Now, that's a very different story from Mali, where Wagner uh, was invited in and has been gap-filling now and providing security where, where the French had been providing security through their Operation Bakan that doesn't exist any longer. And of course, uh, as your listeners will be aware, the international contributions to the UN Operation, peace copying operation, MINUSCO in Mali, uh, a number of those are being downsized and, and withdrawn. So Sweden, the United Kingdom, Germany, uh, Turkey, just to name a few, um, Ivory Coast, Cote d'Ivoire. And lastly, Alex, uh, President Akufo Addo of Ghana said that uh, mercenaries are in the northern border, Burkina Faso, and they have entered into an arrangement. And he said uh, Burkina Faso has ceded a mine reportedly with gold reserves near the border with Ghana in exchange for the group's yes. services. I, I, I heard what uh, President Manokufu Abu of Ghana said. The military junta in Burkina Faso has denied that. They say that's not correct. We'll have to see. My opinion is that Wagner doesn't have the, the skills, the experience and the ability to really provide the sort of security that is needed in these countries. And so we're likely to see a continued cycle of, of, of violence and maybe uh, more instability, including more coups. That was Alex Vines, chief of the Africa program, as well as regional studies and international security director at Chatham House. He talked to me from London. Ethiopia's flagship carrier, Ethiopian Airlines, has announced it will resume daily flights to Tigray's regional capital, Makale, as an African Union-brokered peace deal moves forward. Mohamed Yasuf reports from VOA's Africa News Center in Nairobi, Kenya. The national carrier said it will operate daily flights from Wednesday and increase the number of daily flights depending on demand. The airline halted flights to the region weeks after the war broke out in November 2020 between Ethiopian federal forces and the Tigray People's Liberation Front. In a statement, head of the airline Mesfin Tessiu said the resumption of flights will help families connect as well as facilitate business and tourism. A CNN investigation last year accused Ethiopian airlines of transporting troops and weapons to fight the Tigrayan rebels. The airline denied the allegations, saying the photo evidence was manipulated. The announced resumption of flights comes just a day after Ethiopian officials arrived in Tigray's capital, Mekele, for the first time in nearly two years for implementation of a November peace deal. The Speaker of Ethiopia's Parliament, Tegese Chafodulo, led the delegation, which included a security advisor to Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed, leaders of state companies and members of Ethiopia's National Dialogue Commission. National Security Advisor Ridwan Hussein tweeted Tuesday that Ethiopia Telcom, 
which was part of the delegation, was expected to announce further resumption of services to Tigray. Hussein also tweeted that TPLF was expected to work until Thursday on handing over heavy weapons and control of Mekele to Ethiopia's military, as agreed during meetings this month in Nairobi. The delegation's visit to Tigray was welcomed by a Tigrayan spokesman as a milestone in the peace agreement to end the war. Getachu Reda tweeted Tuesday that the government's gesture to greenlight what he called the long overdue restoration of services was commendable. He noted that none of the delegation members were accompanied by security guards, which he called a testament to their confidence in Tigray's commitment to the peace agreement. Mediators from Kenya and the African Union are also expected to visit Tigray after Ethiopia and the TPLF agreed last week in Nairobi to a joint monitoring team. Ethiopia has gradually lifted a blockade on much-needed food and medical aid to Tigray and already restored some telecommunications. Ethiopian federal and Tigrayan officials signed the African Union brokered peace deal in South Africa on November 2nd agreeing for hostilities to end, rebel groups to disarm, foreign fighters to leave, and blocked aid and other services to be restored. Mohamed Yusuf for VA News, Nairobi. At least 16 people were killed and 19 wounded in a bus crash in the Sudanese city of Amdurman early today. The Associated Press says the accident occurred when a passenger bus heading to Khartoum from Fasher swerved off the road and hit a parked truck. Ambulances transferred the injured to the hospital in Amdurman. The Associated Press says the cause of the accident is not yet known. The news service notes that thousands of people are killed in traffic accidents each year in Sudan, often due to badly maintained roads and poor enforcement of traffic laws. You're listening to African News Tonight on The Voice of America. I'm Yehiyas Wuhib in Washington. Countries. In Africa's western Sahel region, including Burkina Faso, Mali, and Niger, saw a 50% increase in deaths due to conflict in 2022. That is according to figures from the Armed Location and Event Data Project. As violence has spread, so too has Russia's influence and political instability with increasing coups and numbers of displaced people. Henry Wilkins reports from Miami, Niger. As the Western Sahel conflict entered its 11th year starting from Mali's 2012 coup, violence grew worse. Data from the Armed Conflict Location and Event Data Project show around 9,000 fatalities due to the conflict in 2022, up from about 6,000 the year before. Analysts say many in the Sahel countries are exhausted by the worsening conflict and they are looking to new international partners for solutions. Some in the region, like Bacharu Wadrago, a painter and decorator in Burkina Faso, believe Russia will remedy Burkina Faso's insecurity. He says Burkina Faso has been partnered with France for years. If France really wanted to help the country with terrorism, they would have done it long ago. If you partner with someone who doesn't help you take care of business, you have to get rid of them and find someone who can. That's why we think we have to pivot to Russia. 
2022 saw France wrap up Operation Barkhane, its military intervention based in Mali, as it became increasingly unpopular and relations with Mali's military junta began to deteriorate. France is now moving much of its military operation in the Sahel to Niger. In Mali, French troops have been replaced by mercenaries from a Russian paramilitary organisation, the Wagner Group, which has been accused of human rights abuses and of fueling more violence than they prevent. In Burkina Faso, pro-Russian and anti-French protests and attacks on French-owned institutions and businesses have become commonplace since the second military coup in a year took place in September. Both the Malian and Burkinabi hunters cited the previous government's inability to solve the insecurity. Asked how the Sahel's conflict could develop in 2023, analyst Michael Shirkin of 14 North Strategies told VOA, What remains to be seen is, is what happens as the population of Mali sort of figures out that things are getting worse despite everything. Burkina Faso, I worry a great deal about. I think given the scale of the problems of Burkina Faso, I think they need a lot more international help. I'd like to see the U.S. government getting more involved trying to help the Burkina government. Analysts have also noted that an increasing number of terror attacks are taking place in the northern regions of Ivory Coast, Ghana, Togo and Benin, along the borders with Burkina Faso and Niger. Press freedom has dwindled, according to advocacy groups, with international broadcasters and journalists being banned from Burkina Faso and Mali. Meanwhile, local rights groups and press freedom advocates say human rights continue to suffer too. Dauda Diallo runs a Bukanabi rights group, the collective against impunity and stigmatization of communities. I have to say very clearly that it must be said very clearly that since January to the present day, we've noted great sadness and bitterness as the security situation has continued to deteriorate. Running parallel to this deterioration of the security situation, there are human rights violations, he said. In Burkina Faso, the new junta says it's recruiting 30,000 extra civilian volunteers to fight terrorism. But rights groups say the volunteers are carrying out many rights abuses, playing into the hands of terrorist group recruiters. In all, more than 2.5 million have been displaced by the Sahel conflict. Henry Wilkins for VOA News, Miami, Niger. As we approach the end of year 2022, VOA wants to give you, our loyal listeners, the opportunity to wish your loved ones a happy new year. Call us on our WhatsApp number 202-258-3076. Leave a brief message and listen for it right here on VOA. The number again is 202-258-3076. Let VOA help you bring cheers and blessings to friends and family by just calling 202-258-3076. Aid workers say record drought in Somalia is affecting women and girls the most putting them at risk of gender-based violence and seeing girls pulled out of school. Women and girls are forced to walk further from home to get water and education, making them vulnerable to attacks. Juma Majanga reports from Togdir in Somalia's breakaway region of Somaliland. 
Sunset in the Adan Saliban camp for drought displaced persons brings vile memories to a 35-year-old mother of six. In November, as her husband was bedridden with illness and she was putting her kids to bed, a man stormed their doll's heart and raped her. The woman does not wish to use her name due to the social stigma. In a painful voice, she says, the lamp was still on and so the perpetrator saw her and went straight to her and started tearing off her clothes. She goes on to say that she tried fighting back, but he overpowered her. She pauses. Some people later responded to the noise and went to check, but he had already left, she recalls. Her case does not appear to be an isolated one in the drought-displaced camp of 2,000 households. Scores of Somali women and girls in the camp approached a reporter wanting to share their stories of being attacked or fears for their children. Aid workers confirmed the problems of gender-based violence or GBV and sexual gender-based violence or SGBV. Amran Shire is the humanitarian program manager for Care Somalia in Somaliland. GBV, SGBV cases in the IDP settlements are also increasing. As you can see, as the drought is getting severe, more perpetrators are going to the camps. The nearest clinic offering counseling for survivors is almost 100 kilometers away. The Ainaba Health Center says reported cases of GBV from just a few camps have more than quadrupled since the drought began to 20 cases per month, but many more go unreported due to the social stigma. Rahma Said is the GBV caseworker at the Ainaba Health Center. We gave them psychosocial support. And if the person needs, we refer to legal. And we give them legal support. Aid workers say the attacks have also worsened access to education, especially for girls. Hadija Kule and her 14 age daughters have been in the Adan Seleban refugee camp since March after drought killed all their livestock. She says her husband died from the stress. Kule pulled her daughters out of the nearest school, a five-kilometer walk from the camp, afraid they could be attacked on the way. She says perpetrators are all over the camp, making it very risky for girls and women. The 49-year-old says she can't even send her daughters out alone. They have tried to form groups, so if they are going to fetch water or firewood, they go together during the day, she adds. Care Somalia says there are 900,000 drought-displaced children at risk of dropping out of school in Somalia, with 43,000 in Somaliland's camps already out, most of them girls. Authorities say they are trying to beef up security, but remote IDP camps like Adan Saliban don't even have power for lights. As the sun goes down, women and girls already suffering from the horn of Africa's worst drought in half a century, 
face another restless night. Juma, Majanga, or VOA News, Togdia, Somaliland. On VOA Africa Radio, we let the sound tell you the story. News, sports, science and entertainment. Available to you 24-7. Tune in on your local FM stations. We are also available on the medium waves 909 kHz and 1530 kilohertz. Our short waves are 6080, 15580, 4930, 15165, 15580, and 17530 kHz. VOA Africa, your trusted source for news and information. Tunisia's one million member, UGTT Union, says it will occupy the streets with mass protests against the government's proposed austerity budget. Reuters says the government aims to reach a deal on a nearly $2 billion financial rescue package with the International Monetary Fund. Part of that effort includes reducing its fiscal deficit from an expected 7.7% this year to just over 5% next year. That will include cutting subsidies for food and energy by over 25% and raising taxes on several professions, including lawyers, engineers, and accountants, from 13% to 19%. The UGTT union says the administration of President Kais Saeed has increased the suffering of Tunisians. And that wraps up this edition of African News Tonight. I'm Yehiyas Wuhib in Washington. For all the latest development on the continent 24-7, visit our website at voaafrica.com. On behalf of our producer, Mokbilia Baro, and our engineer, Bob Bass, thanks for choosing The Voice of America. host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC.
Hello, I'm Carol Castiel, host of Press Conference USA, VOA's newsmaker interview program. Join us each Saturday and Sunday when we talk with authors, analysts, and policymakers who provide fresh insight on topics ranging from U.S. politics and foreign policy to science, culture, and global health. You can listen to Press Conference USA on the radio or online at voanews.com slash PCUSA. While you're visiting our website, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We'd also love to hear from you. Just send an email to PCUSA at voanews.com or connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash voa or on Twitter at voa. That's Press Conference USA every Saturday and Sunday on the Voice.